You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary. Presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Update on Husker women's basketball. 126 to go in the fourth quarter. Nebraska leads Omaha 97 to 36. Get to 100. So we'll we'll let you know if they hit the century mark. Um, we will do that. Is there Nebraska- anything special if they get to 100? Do they do like a thing? Nah, I, maybe it used to be. I don't know. I remember when Nebraska men's basketball used to do like the free runs or whatever. Um, Dude, Maddie Kroll is on fire. Yeah, right Maddie Kroll is playing well. The, the transfer from South Dakota, fifteen points, six of eight from the field, three of five from beyond the arc. Um, it, it's good stuff right now for for the Husker women's basketball team. She has the most threes made on the team. Just just cashing it home from deep. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Oh, they hit the century mark. By guess who? Maddie Kroll. Of course, <laughs> she hits a three. She's now up to eighteen on the night. Um, Nebraska's on an 18-0 run over the last minute and a half, 15 and three run over the last four and a half minutes. So Cash. talk about talk about stepping on the throat and just you know putting the dagger in your opponent. There Shut you go. it down. All right, let's go to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline 402-464-5685. We are joined by our good friend Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, what's up? How's it going? Hello, Nick. Hello, Rico. How are you, gentlemen, doing today? Good, good. We're uh, excited. I mean, Nebraska women's basketball is doing their part. We just have to hope Husker men's basketball does their part tonight against Maine. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can um, show out like the women are right now, but I guess we'll see. Anything is possible, but I think they'll. I think the men will get a win tonight. Let's... Am I wrong in saying I was I was talking to my other co-host, Jake Bachman, earlier, and I said if Nebraska wins by 21, I will be the men. By, uh, by 21, I'll be happy. Is that yeah. a good? Is that a good point yeah, total? Yeah, a twenty-one on? point victory would be awesome for the men for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and knock basketball out of the way here first, if that's all right with you. Um, so Derek Walker is kind of the main discussion point going into the season because of of the he has been out for health care reasons, um, and and that's all we've known. That's all that's been addressed. We I I would assume that we don't expect Derek Walker to play tonight. Yeah, I'd be extremely shocked if we saw him play tonight. I think it's going to uh, maybe be a while. Um, this is just a, just me guessing. Um, I, I don't know anything, but just from what – going off of what Coach Hoiberg has said about Derek and just the overall vibe around the program, I think the, the Husker men's basketball team will be without their sixth-year um, center for um, maybe a few games or, or something like that. I just don't expect him to be to be out there um, in the early parts of the season, I guess. How much of a how much of a detriment is that to this program? That Fred Hoiberg, if you're looking at it from a from a coaching standpoint, you need wins to save your job right now. Um, and without a, a guy in Derek Walker, that's not, maybe not the most prolific offensive threat, but just having a guy like him out there for experience reasons, for leadership reasons? I mean, how big of a loss is this? You still have him on your bench, obviously, but on the floor, how big of a loss is it for Nebraska? Well, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a really big loss because of all the all the traits that you mentioned of Derek. He's a veteran leader. He's a six-year guy. That's, that's old man strength in college yeah. basketball years. Uh, six foot nine, he's got the size that you want, especially when you're playing teams with um, bigger, bigger, stronger posts. You you absolutely want Derek Walker on on the court, and yeah, you're right, Nick. He he's not he's not going to fill up the 
stat sheet and, and score, you know, 20 or 30 points or anything crazy like that. He's, he's just going to be the solid old veteran, strong veteran that's really not going to be moved up off the block. And without him, now you have um, a front a front court that's kind of inexperienced. You don't really know. We don't really know what we're going to get from Blaze Kata, the 6'11", um, 240-pounder from Coffeyville Community College. We don't know what we're going to get from the seven-footer Oleg Konietz. We don't know. We don't know what he's going to be um, doing, even though what he's shown against Colorado in that exhibition last weekend was, I thought, pretty good. But we just don't know what he's going to look like um, once the season gets here. And um, Wilhelm Wilhelm Breidenbach, a six ten uh, forward, we um, he's obviously still trying to shake the rust off from his season-ending knee injury after the tenth game last year. It might even um, I know Fred Horberg. If you watch the game against Colorado, he really. He really liked what he saw from Juwan Gary, the Alabama transfer, as a small ball five. And, that, and Juwan, Juwan Gary is a 6'6", 215-pounder. He's, he's a strong, physical dude. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, when, when he goes out there, that's going to be a really small lineup. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're, they're going to miss something with, when Derek Walker's not out there. And, and, you know, they have a little bit of time to figure things out. But, um, yeah, you, you'd obviously like to have your, your six-year guy out there. We're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. And when we look at this Husker men's basketball team, if you kind of take into consideration the last couple rosters that they've had, obviously a lot of turnover has been the uh, roster turnover, that is, has been the, the common theme. But it, it's always had been centered around kind of one guy on offense, whether it's a, a Taran Petaway, you know, dating back to a couple years ago, um, you, or, or even a Bryce McGowan's this year, or – um, there, there's just always been this one guy that it's like, all right, Nebraska needs to get 15 to 20 to maybe even 25 points out of him every single game to give them a shot at it. It feels like it's different this year. I, we know that Fred Hoiberg wants to take on this new mentality uh, of kind of beefing up the defense and, and being disciplined on defense. But it, this is an offense that kind of feels like, in my opinion, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, obviously, that that feels like they're gonna just have balanced scoring. No guy, there, there might be a one guy that goes off for you know fifteen twenty points a, a night, but the next night he might be pretty quiet with six, seven, eight. I mean, is this is that the vibe that you're kind of getting? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I when I look at this offense right now, I don't really know who who's gonna be the go to guy who's gonna have the ball um, at the end of the shot clock. Now I think it's gonna be Sam Grassell. I mean, he he seems to be a great option, the six seven point guard. But um, yeah, I mean. You know, in prior years, you're absolutely right. There was always kind of like one one player who was expected to do it all. Mm-hmm. But with this season, um, this specific team, um, I completely agree with you that I think Fred is is kind of wanting to change things up and and make it and make more of more of like a basketball team instead of um, just kind of like a one man show like it like it has been in the past. And you know that some sometimes that works in college basketball, but with the, but at Nebraska, I, I just don't think that that's really the right way to go about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, the way this roster is, has formed the way it's come together and, and from what Fred has, Fred Hoiberg has talked to us about, I just think that, you know, on any given night, it could be, it could be some, something, somebody different who's, who's kind of leaned on offensively. And again, that could be scary at some points because you don't really know who, who's going to be doing that. But I think it also could be good for this program as a whole, because, you know, it, it maybe will force them to play, to be more of a basketball team. You know, just like it's just not really relying on one person and and having him and and hoping he he kind of scores everything. I think playing more of team basketball might do this program good and and you know will help the 
help help the fan base get in with this team and and maybe kind of root for him harder and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Sam Grassell being that guy at the end of the shot clock, you know, when the when the defense is hunkered down and everybody's kind of waiting for somebody to make a play. I think Sam Grassell could be that guy, but it could also be C.J. Wilson. He's a catch-and-shoot guy that I really like. You know, it, it could be um, – well, I, I know he didn't really shoot the ball well last year, but Casey Tominaga mm-hmm. is another catch-and-shoot guy. Um, you know, you'd like to have Derek Walker out there, but Juwan Gary showed some really, really good stuff in the exhibition. Um, Wilhelm Breidenbach um, needs to get his shot down, but I could see him, you know, being in that corner and catching and shooting for some threes and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of things to figure out with this team right now. But, you know, like, like you said, I, I think it's maybe good for this program and good for Fred Hoiberg that everything's not going to be funneled through one player maybe. Mm-hmm. So we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Let's uh, make the transition to football. Nebraska loses, blows a 10-point lead on on Saturday to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I mean, there's been a lot of talk around this offense and the you know the decisions obviously to keep Chubba Purdy in at times rather than go with Logan Smothers and maybe decisions to pass the ball when you're up 10 points or even up seven points when Anthony Grant was averaging over five yards per carry. I mean, what are, what were your just general takeaways? And, and if you can point to a couple things or even just one thing, what was the most frustrating thing that you kind of took away as you left Memorial Stadium on Saturday? Well, the biggest thing that I took away with, um, I think I, it, I, a lot of people kind of share this frustration, is just the quarterback situation. So if, they, if Casey Thompson can't play and his right arm is still getting back to working back to full strength, that's fine. But, you know, like in my opinion, Chubba Purdy – Mark Whipple and, and uh, Mickey Joseph should have seen Trevor Purdy was not seeing it correctly mm-hmm. again. He wasn't seeing it right. And for, for them to keep trotting him out there, I just did, I thought that that was a wrong move. I, think, I thought that Logan Smothers needed to play a lot more against Minnesota, um, and, and I think he should have played a lot more against uh, the week before and against Illinois too. Um, but it's just the Trevor Purdy that I watched in 2020 and his lone start at NC State in a really tough road environment as a true freshman is not the same Chubba Purdy that I'm watching right now. I don't know what went wrong, but it's just, it's a different quarterback that I'm watching. He's not throwing it the same way. The ball does not look the same way coming out of his hand right now as it did a couple of years ago in 2020 when he, when he played at NC state. So I don't really know what, what the issue is with Chubba, but it's just, it's not working in my opinion right now. He's not seeing it just like Mickey Joseph said after the game, he's not seeing it right right now. He's not seeing the coverages. He's not understanding what the defenses are trying to do to him, and that's bad. But I think when they when they inserted Logan Smothers, obviously he's a he's a really good runner. And you know when when um, Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple say you know at, after the game and during the press conferences during the week when they say they want Chuba out there because he's a better thrower, I look at I, I look I go back to last year's season finale against Iowa. Logan Smothers did well enough he did he threw the ball well enough against a really good Iowa defense and on on um against Minnesota I think he he showed he showed that he could be good enough as well he threw that gorgeous gorgeous pass it was the best pass of the game down the sideline to Marcus Washington who made an incredible NFL style catch getting that one foot down of course you need two in the NFL but um you know I just I just wish that they maybe would have like taken out a little bit sooner and, and gave Logan more of a chance. 
now, Steve, I, I agree with you that Chubba wasn't wasn't seeing the ball or wasn't seeing the, the passing lanes or the receivers all that well, but the receiving core, the tight ends, the, the, the people catching the ball didn't do him or Logan any favors. Uh, what was your takeaway from, from the guys who were supposed to be catching the ball? Yeah, excellent point, Rico. I, I, I mean, yeah, Chubba, Chubba did not have a great game, but Chubba also had a, some really – um, key drops on on catchable passes that he threw. I think Travis Vokalek had two. Travis Vokalek's first one in the end zone almost got picked off by a Minnesota safety. Um, but you know, if you're a Division One tight end, I think you're kind of expected. Uh, that that was a tough play because you know I I know I've been I've been in that situation before where you're trying to catch something that somebody almost swats down and it, it's difficult catch. But um, you know, on, on the second in the second half in the third quarter, I think it was Chuppa threw a, a great seam pass. On, on a third and long to Travis Volkleck, and again, he, he didn't come down with it. Those are brutal, brutal drops. Logan Smothers, on his one series that he got on a third and three in the third quarter, he rolls out to his right. Oliver Martin is open on the speed out. The pass is a tick behind, but come on, guys. It's Division One football. This mm-hmm. is the Big Ten. Oliver had two hands on it. The defender never touched the ball. Oliver Martin needs to come down with that pass, in my opinion. So, those are just some brutal, brutal drops, and of course, everybody knows the Trey Palmer one on, on fourth down on the on the on Nebraska's last series of the game. These quarterbacks um, are putting are giving these receivers opportunities to come down with the ball, but you know, obviously, they're not really making the plays. So it's not just all on the quarterbacks. Yeah, the the receivers need to need to make plays too. So. Um, there's just a lot of issues right now with offense. Now, do you think that the receivers not making those plays, not making those catches, is is something to do with the, like you said, the the way that the ball's coming out of Chubb and Purdy's hands, or the way the ball's coming out of Logan Smothers' hands, or is it, it could it be attributed to the fact that they they weren't you know, getting many passes their way? There weren't a lot of pass attempts uh, attempted in that game, or or is that just on the receivers just needing to catch it? Yeah, I mean, I from from everything that the the players say during the week and everything that the coaches say, you know, these, these quarterbacks and these receivers are throwing to each other all the time. The, the quarterbacks are throwing, the receivers are catching on air all the time. There's there's plenty of passes being thrown during the week. So I just think it's really on the receivers. It doesn't really matter, in my opinion, who's throwing the balls. And, you know, when I when I go back and watch the plays and I, and I slow it down and I zoom in, these passes are fine. They're fine. Um, I was on the field. I was on the sideline for that Trey Palmer drop on that fourth that fourth down from, from Logan's and um, the pass looks fine to me. Um, I just watch the receivers reactions after they drop it. And you can tell that they knew that they screwed up, that they should have come down mm-hmm. with the ball. So I think more on the receivers just to step up, make a play and do what you're on the field to do. Steve, appreciate the time as always. We'll go ahead and uh, let you go and we will talk to you next Monday. We'll, well, I'll see you tonight at the Husker men's basketball game, but we'll talk to you uh, next Monday on, on the show. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Rico. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time, as always, um, covering both football and men's hoops for the uh, the rival site, Inside Nebraska, those guys over there. All right, let's go ahead and get to break. When we come back, it's time to bring in Stricken Nate. Now, Rico, I don't know if I'm sure you've seen this already. Jeff Saturday yeah. is the interim head coach. Yeah. Let's ask uh, Colts fan Nathan Brennan how he feels about it. Um and a couple other things. We'll get their thoughts from Saturday as well. Husker women's basketball is final. They won. They win by 64 points, 100 to 36. So Nebraska women's basketball, they start 1-0 on the year. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to our final timeout. When we come back, we'll uh, bring in Strick and Nate, talk a little hoops, talk a little football um, with those guys coming up next on the happy hour. 
Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.